The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from sexy, steamy Studio City, California. That's right, I'm back home. I've been on the road recording the Knapsack Files, but I am back on the road and the road. I'm back from it here at uh, the Knapsack Files studios in uh, Studio City. Like I said, uh, I have got someone I've been uh, trying to get on the show. Again, that's been the theme the last couple episodes is people have been like, uh, they've been on a Google Doc, and I just haven't worked it out. But then this, this fine person reached out to me and was like, I'd like to come on your show. And that's sometimes how it works. It is the wonderful, the talented, the smart. Uh, the uh, we're also going to find the somewhat scary Clark Wolf. <laughs> Hello, sir. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I know at the time of this recording, you were busy uh, with something called Slashed. Please dive into this. Oh boy, I'm so excited. So Slashed the Musical is exactly what it sounds like. It is a musical uh, set around a slasher killer terrorizing a uh, summer camp in the 80s. See, I was going with a Slash tribute show. (laughs) But you're going Slash. Slash. I guess the Slash tribute show would have a hyphen, maybe, (laughs) or a slash, if you will. A slash, if you will. Um, Yeah, so... That's great. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so excited, and I'm uh, I'm producing and co-starring in the show. Yeah. And um, I just, it's been so, we're so ridiculously proud of the show because we actually think it's good. Um, That's fun. I don't know if you, do you have a theater background? Um, no, I, I, I did theater in junior high. Uh, don't want to brag, uh, Clark, but I was in <laughs> Miracle on 34th Street. Oh. Uh, I was uh, also Mike TV and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I Factor. could totally see yes, that. Yes, right. Uh, and then dropped off and then came back at the end of high school and then just kind of stopped. Okay. Did Groundlings and all that stuff. That's comedy theater, but not theater theater. So you might have had this situation. I don't know if you were as self-critical when you were in middle school, but... um, uh, Clark, that's when it started. (laughs) That's when it always started. I was a happy kid till sixth grade. Exactly. Weren't we all? Yeah. Um, But so I've been a part of things where I have told my friends, oh, no, 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 don't. You don't need to come to this. Like, don't, don't. Sure. Um, This is actually the complete opposite where I am happily encouraging my friends and family and people to come. And And I always tell them... It's not me playing producer. It's like I'm super pleased with the show. It's really fun. That's well. That's uh, it's yeah, do believe me. Doing stand up shows. There's been times. Hey, can I come see you perform? Nah. Yes. We're good. We're good. And it's not a reflection of me. Just no. I don't want you to go to this dive bar in right. Santa Monica. Don't worry about it. But everything's kind of syncing up. How how long has this been in uh, a gestating period? For well, you? so it's a it's funny. Um, back in November, I called the director. Her name's Chelsea Stardust, mm-hmm. and I called her. What what now? <laughs> <laughs> that's her name. That's her. <laughs> that's her professional name. Okay. And uh, and she's a really really good friend of mine. Um, mm. she worked for Judd Apatow for a while. Mm. She worked for um Jason Blum for a long time. Yeah. And she's a director. And I called her and I said, "Would you ever direct theater? Because mm. I need to." do some acting again. Like, yeah. I miss this. I need to get back on stage. And if you will direct it, I will produce it. I don't care what it is. Yeah. Just like, if you're in, let's do something. Got and it. she said, funny, you should ask, because Sean, who is the uh, writer and uh, the composer, 
Sean mm-hmm. and I have been talking about doing a slasher musical. And I said, great, done. Let's, we're doing it. And yeah. without exaggeration, the next weekend, uh, we were having a production meeting, yeah. trying to figure out how to do the Hollywood Fringe Festival, like what that would entail. And Sean was kind of like, oh gosh, so I actually have to write this now. <laughs> like, it's like, this is real. Um, but we've been working on it since November. And um, we've, we cast in, I want to say April and started wow. rehearsals in May and then had our first preview on June 4th or something. It's, Which, but yeah. It seems like a long time, but also that can be short. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a lot of time to put on from scratch. It, that's right. It's, because you got music too, right? That you're singing. Yeah. I mean, Sean, Sean Keller, who is our writer, he wrote the book and the music and lyrics. Mm. I don't know how he did it. He mm. he was admittedly from him. I, I certainly would never say this, but he would claim that he was a bit cra- uh, crabby for a while um, <laughs> trying to, trying to, you know, write seven original songs um, yeah. and compose them and record them because we, so we're working with um, pre, pre-recorded music. Okay. We sing live, um, but we, we, we decided having, trying to fit a, coordinate a band, band would and, just yeah, be yeah. a disaster. Right. Um, so he, he did all of it. I mean, and we, you know, the, from, the first draft to the draft we're actually doing, there were revisions, sure, but I mean, it was mostly the same. And it was just, you know how it is. You're yeah. punching up jokes. You're you're sure. sort of trying things, reading it out loud and being like, okay, this works, this doesn't. Yeah. Maybe this person should say that line or whatever. But yeah, he did it in like six months. He did it in less than six months because we had our script in, but definitely in March. I want to say right. February. So he did it in like four months. That's impressive. I mean, he's he's insane. But it seems like too, what's going on here is you got you got uh, you're putting something out into the universe, so to speak. Uh, uh, not I'm, I'm not a huge secret guy, but it's like you're <laughs> like, hey, I want to do this. Can you do this? Well, by the way, we're doing this. Yep, perfect. It's all syncing up, and that that's rare in this town. Well, it's to be celebrated. I thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, I think that the thing that we all. Pr- I've learned a lot over the last couple of years is just that doing, you have to do it. You just have to do it. Um, And, but I will say the fact that I am working alongside a team who are, they, you know, Chelsea is an incredible director and producer. Sean has, you know, toured the country as an, as an actor and he's written movies that that directors, you know, have written and he's an accomplished songwriter. And so, and our producing partner, Rudy um, is a, is a, film producer. That's what he does. So fortunately, our team, our mm-hmm. four-person production team, myself included, we kind of know what we're doing a little. Sure. And we were able to lo- sort of lean on each other, which which is the key. That's Because yeah. I certainly... Trust. That's right. And also, like, I could say, I want to do something, but if I don't have the right tools, you can't do it all by yourself. Right. Or if you do, you're a rare breed, and I just don't think that's as fun. Definitely not as fun. It's fun to celebrate the, the wins with the team and, yeah. and, and comfort when you when you, when you you lose. That's right. Um, so this is definitely, I, I'll say passion project, but passion projects can sometimes assume that, like, it's, I'm going to lose money and two people are going to see it, but this actually seems to be going well. Is there is there some place you want to take this? Is it Explain what the Hollywood Fringe Festival might be to someone who's listening and doesn't know. Yeah, well, so if you, a lot of comedy fans, especially, yeah. have probably heard of Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Correct. Um, that's a huge. That's a huge 
huge one. And um, it's uh, it's expanded into the U.S. That you know, um, Chicago and Minneapolis. Our friend Joseph Scrimshaw did some uh, yeah. did some fringe in his hometown. Oh, he's on the fringe. He's, he's absolutely my on the four fringe. center pro- bo- broadcast partner. <laughs> Aren't we all on the fringe? Um, but so um, you know, the, it's all over the country. And about I want to say six years ago, I don't remember exactly. It came to Hollywood, and I actually was in a musical that played the Hollywood Fringe Festival. So I was mm-hmm. actually in the first Hollywood Fringe Festival, mm-hmm. but certainly not in this capacity. You know, the Fringe is like a huge, Fringe Festival is a huge community, and mm. people are super supportive and welcoming. There's over 370 shows this year. Wow. So there's a lot, like everybody who who's an actor or creator comes out and does something, which is really cool. Does it, does it, is it, is it like the Olympics here where it's on different venues or is it yes. like one thing? Okay. It's different venues all throughout Hollywood. Gotcha. So there's a there's a radius, and some are more traditional venues. Like we're in the o- OMR Theater, the Oh My Ribs Theater. Oh, yeah, Gottman's so, Theater. There you go. So that's our, that's Gottman. our space. Yeah, and um, but then there are some spaces where people will do um, they'll do performances in parking lots, and they'll actually mm. schedule them. Obviously, but like <laughs> sure, <laughs> you know, sure. But I, uh, I'm performing <laughs> in my shower this morning with a nice song. Does that count? Exactly. And do you want to buy tickets? Yes. Um, but uh, but so it, but that's kind of the beauty of Fringe. Is they're mm. more traditional things like what we're doing, which is which is a traditional silly comedy musical. Right. But then there are also, you know, experiential theater and, mm. and you know, more active experiences and everything in between. So it's actually, it's really cool. And it's also fun because, you know, L.A. is thought of as a Hollywood town and a yeah. film town, yeah. um, which it certainly is. But it's kind of interesting ha- how good a lot of theater is. You just sort of have to know about it. And also you just have to sort of like participate, like keep your eyes keep open. Up, yeah. Exactly. Well, there's also a hotbed of independent pro wrestling, but I bet you're not looking for that, Clark. But you know, I can tell you about that. <laughs> tell me after the show, <laughs> for sure. There's a lot of directions I want to go with this. This is why uh, the Knapsack Files, I don't plan anything. I don't mm-hmm. prep questions. I might go to your Facebook page and be like, oh, some nice pictures. And Clark, I knew, was from Atlanta. But yes. I, all right, we're going to get into that, too. Um, there's a lot of directions I want to go. It's so easy in this town when the business we're in uh, that we're shared uh, with the digital media space and the and the digital punditry is what yes. I call it and <laughs> yes. the and the media discussion world to to look at you in just one way like so I would uh, but I shouldn't because we're all come here for. You know, we've all just kind of fallen into because this industry just popped up. Yes, of course. So I, 19 years ago, yes. didn't think one day I'd be talking about Game of Thrones on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, this 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 musical theater background and this and this Clark can sing. Yeah. I mean, your resume's just rolling out in front of me here. When did when did that start? That started really young, like when I was five. My aunt. Mm. It's so funny because I I sh- I was sharing information about it on about the show on Facebook, and my aunt commented pets for sale because that was like the first that was your, that was that like was your my, song that was like my four year kindergarten you was know. it original composition <laughs> it <was> original <laughs> Clark Wolf composition yeah, I was very moved to write a song about a pet store um, no it was our school play as our elementary school play and it was called pets and I don't remember what it, <laughs> I don't remember really anything about it except I remember that my first and fifth grade teacher so I had the mm-hmm. same teacher in first and fifth grade uh, her son was DJ and he mm. was super cute. I had such a crush on him. He was a fifth grader, and he played oh DJ, and he played Mr. Kimball, who owned the pet <laughs> store, and I played a little white cat. And um, but you know, it's uh, that's that's really and truly when it started. I mean, yeah. I and and I've talked about this before, but. Um, 
Wizard of Oz was like a huge thing mm-hmm. when I was a kid. It was really the first movie that that I got completely lost in and mm. to the point where my parents had one of those, you know, those giant square televisions that are oh, like yeah. six feet tall. So they had one of those and I would stand up by the TV when the Wizard of, Zon- Wizard <laughs> of Oz was on in my blue dress and it was like I would act out the Dorothy parts with Dorothy. Oh. And um, but it's so it started like really young. Is there video of this? I'm sure there is. Is there there's, some there's, VHS tapes of this? There is also video of me in a vest with a plastic guitar being Marty McFly in front oh, of that wow. exact same television. I basically wanted to be Judy Garland and Michael J. Fox. That's which perfect. Is, it's like a broad spectrum. No, that's perfect. And as you should. As yes. you should. Um, so so the love starts early and it grows from there. Right. Um, how, how, does, uh, how, does, how does it end up out here in L.A.? What's the path? Yeah, so, you know, I, was a, I did theater all all through since I was very little, um, I, I actually was one of, you know, it's funny because I hear these stories about like Emma Stone, for instance, about her going to her family really young and saying mm-hmm. like, I want to be an actor and then being like, okay, well, right. let's let's work on that. And um, and I think, oh my God, if only my parents had, <laughs> had listened to me. Um, but they <laughs> but they were like, okay, well, you can do theater. You can, right. you do plays around town if you right. want. Um, but there was there was never like a, they, they were not driving me to audition and like sure. doing that whole lifestyle. And you were raised in Atlanta the whole time. Yes. Atlanta proper or? So I would grow up in a suburb outside of Atlanta. Okay. And then when I graduated high school, my parents moved into the city. And so, and they've been there ever since. Because now, uh, Georgia and specifically Atlanta, there's a pretty good acting there's community going on there. There's a great community there. A lot of people I know are actually moving out there, getting work out there. Yep. Yeah, it's amazing how the second I left uh, Atlanta to move to Los Angeles, the entire entertainment industry decided yeah. to move right into my backyard. And uh, Tyler Perry's out there, right? Tyler Perry, Marvel has a Pinewood yes, studio right. out there. Where they're shooting all of Phase Three out there. Um, every TV show, every, I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. insane. But the, you know, Atlanta is being really smart about not letting these tax credits lapse, which I think uh, is what you saw in North Carolina, and all yeah. the production picked up and left, left. and kind of similar with Louisiana. So. Um, but yeah, mm. so so when I came to LA, I absolutely, you know, I was at that point a professional theater actor in Atlanta. I was doing this like really silly pop culture show, mm. um, and uh, it, it called Agatha's, which was like a murder mystery parody show. But nice. it was very well attended, and we always had great audiences, and it was really fun. And I made good money doing it, especially right. being like in college. Sure. And um, and so I moved out here, and the goal was always to continue uh, acting. But it, you know, after I'm interned management companies and I couldn't get representation and it just was like not really gelling. Mm-hmm. Um, what did start to gel was covering red carpets and doing pop culture commentary right. and I thought I'm not gonna, it's like I'm not gonna swim upstream, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I'm gonna yeah. go with the, it doesn't matter that this isn't necessarily the dream right now like there's traction here and that's really good and you meet people and mm-hmm. you get in front of a camera on a regular basis and all of those things and so But to your point earlier, I absolutely, now that I am in the industry and have friends who are actual directors and Mm -hmm. actual writers and producers, have had to reintroduce myself and say, this is, I know you think of me this way, and that's great, and I'm super proud of that, but I have a whole life doing this. I'm not asking for a handout. Just let me audition. That's all I want. And and people go, oh, I didn't know you did that, or I didn't know you sang, or I didn't know you do these things. And and so you just have to remind people, and I'm... 
A hundred percent. You know that we hear that term personal branding and yes. it's definitely a thing. Mind self-loathing, but we're working on it. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I've been talking with our good friend, Tiffany Smith, mm-hmm. who's been going through the same thing. She's like, you know, she was a, in, a, in a girl group, mm-hmm. a singing group, all that expose, I believe it was called <laughs> Tiffany. I love you. Um, but, uh, she, she's making a push for acting too. And yeah. it's kind of had to reintroduce her to the world. So that's smart. So this, is this something that you are pushing for now, or is it just kind of always been the works? And like you said, this traction, which by the way, is very smart. It's very smart when you, 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 uh, I didn't take that advice early on. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I struggled long to find my footing. Cause it was like, no, my goal is this. Yeah. Well, that's not working, but nope, it's my goal. Yeah. I shall be depressed now. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's smart of you. And, and also you, you're damn good at it. So that doesn't, Thank you. that's probably why you're getting the traction. Um, but is this, is this a now thing? Is this recent? What is this? This has been a pivot that I have wanted to. Ooh, that's a good term. Oh, thank you, good sir. Good sports term. Yes, but I, I have been trying to pivot and back into this for, for a couple of years now. Okay. Um, and, you know, I think the thing is... I, I am the way I think about it, to use another mm-hmm. sports term. I'm playing the long game, yeah. you know, and so the thing is, you you have to. I I at least believe that by aligning with the right folks mm-hmm. and doing the right things, and and when I say the right things, I don't mean right and wrong. I just mean like go, you know, making those opportunities happen, talking about it, you know, mm-hmm. putting yourself out there. Um, it, you know, I think I think that it'll it'll kind of sprout a little, you know, it'll yeah. grow. Um, but it's but it's been in the works for a long time. And keep in mind, I mean, since I've moved to Los Angeles, I've done a lot of theater. Um, It's just when I first came out here, I was much more aggressive about it. And you have some experiences that are good, some experiences that are not. Um, But uh, as I've sort of moved into the punditry world, as you say... um, you know, it's very hard to commit to doing a, a play or a musical because it takes a lot of time. Yeah. But I do find that a lot of artists or a lot of creators, they realize people's time is very scarce. Yeah. And so they kind of take that into consideration. Like, okay, we're only going to have six rehearsals. So you do your job, we'll do ours, and we're going to put this up. And, and that's kind of fun. I like yeah. that. I love live reads. That's my that's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. I love it. Like, because um, Jason Reitman does a, yeah. a series oh, the, the, that Black yeah, month. absolutely. Um, and so, and I've actually not the not to that scale, but I have been fortunate enough to do a handful of live reads in front of a big audience, mm-hmm. and those are so fun, fun. so fun because you don't. It's like you read through it once. You don't have to rehearse. You don't yeah. have to memorize anything. You're not in costume just, necessarily. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Those are. Those um, are best. How long have you been in LA now? Uh, almost nine years. Labor Day, oh, it'll be nine years. Okay, that's a good chunk of time. Yeah, it is. I, like I said, I've been here nineteen. So, there's, so some <laughs> people are like, oh, I've been out here struggling for two years. Oh I'm God, like, oh, boy. go nine, home. I mean, nine years is a good decade yeah, of dominance I, coming up there. I feel, I feel good. As as you struggled early on, necessarily said you couldn't find representation mm-hmm. or all these kind of struggles, which are, which are, are not unique, but they're definitely yeah, struggles. Um, uh, how did you, how did you deal with it's it's easy to say right now I went with a, a certain direction and I, I saw the red carpet stuff was working and I have a, I have a skill set that that translates there but how did you deal with with maybe dreams not coming true early enough for you yeah I mean it's funny funny because like it, when it comes to rejection I feel like since I had been doing theater since I was little mm-hmm. um, I I don't have a problem with being reje- not getting a part because okay. it's like that's part of it. That, yeah. that is part, you can't be a performer mm-hmm. and not expect to not get everything you go out for. That's okay. Right. What was hard was not even being able to get in the door. Mm. That was the part that frustrated me the most. Um, 
But what I learned fairly quickly was that, you know, it helps to know people. And I don't mean that in like a social climber way, but I mean like lean on your, lean on people as your allies, you know, like if you know some, so I had to swallow a little bit of pride. I was an assistant, Mm. um, for an actress who was, um, younger than me and blonder than me (laughs) and, and doing, and literally living my dream as a child, um, as a 17 year old, a gorgeous 17 year old. But you know, getting to go to set with her every day. And that actor grew up to be Tom Cruise. (laughs) Exactly. I was Tom Cruise's assistant. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, getting to go to set with her every day, seeing how the business worked, seeing how actual representation worked. Um, like we're talking, you know, the, the CAAs and the UTAs and the management company, the Brillstein management and all these things like that industry part is very important. It's, it's not like, at least for me, I've always been hands-on enough to where Mm. I'm not comfortable giving somebody control of my destiny. Like I'm part Mm. of that. Um, and it's, and so seeing how good business relationships with representation worked was really important. Seeing how sets worked really important. Also her mom, um, who was like a, you know, an aunt to me at, by Mm. the end of our, our business relationship, um, was a television producer and she worked in entertainment television, entertainment tonight, access Hollywood. Mm. And so she was a great mentor for me. Mm. And she was like, I'll look at your reel. I'll do this. Like she said, go organize a shoot, go shoot something at the Roxy with a band, get some Mm. music footage, go get, do a fitness segment, go do these things. And so I was like, okay. And so I asked friends of mine who were directors and Mm. they're my best friends since we were young. And, and I said, will you shoot these things for me? And they said, yes. So we, a friend of mine who was in a band, we went to the Roxy and we shot like a music segment and Mm. trying to fill out that reel and do that. But the mentorship, mentorship of her was really great. That, that's a good point about what you mean about, yeah, it's not just social climbing. I think I misunderstood that, too, when I came to town. Mm. It was like, I'm not good at parties. Well, that's not necessarily what you're... It, you sleep in your way to the top. You sleep in your way to the top. <laughs> Believe me, I tried. I failed. Um, but it's it's finding those connections early. Yeah. I always, people know the story, but the reason I'm working at Collider and Schmoes and everything is because I, I befriended Christian Arloff 12 years ago, mm-hmm. and, and we talked then about, you know, working together one day, and it's took 10 years yeah. for that to happen and and finding those mentors and and that's that's key yeah and not having fear you don't strike me as having fear Clark wolf <laughs> well I I guess fear isn't maybe the word I I think you're right for the most part I don't have a lot of fear but I do have a lot of other things that are like fears what? cousins what's what's <laughs> what's what's hanging out at this family t- dinner oh, table man what's well, the thing that gets you the most Clark I I um I worry that I'm not gonna do the things that I want to do. Mm. Like I have big dreams. Like I have big Sandra Bullock style dreams. Okay. And, and I'm listening. I want to make movies, and mm-hmm. I want to be in them, and I want to have a long career. And yeah. the and you know I don't feel like I'm old, but I worry sometimes that the industry will say, "Well, you're not mm-hmm. a size zero, and you're not you know sure. uh, uh, 20 years old." And uh, yeah. but. So that kind of that kind of like uh, things you can't change, and so yeah. it's like, but you still worry about them because you know they're true. So it's worry, a little anxiety. Lots of yeah, I think so. Anxiety. Not so much. I'm not. I'm not picking up on doubt on you personally. It's like you said, it's the stuff that you you like to be in control of that, but the stuff that you can't control. Yeah, and I mean, you can only set you can only set things in motion as much as you can set them in right. motion. Um, the rest of the fates. It's it's interesting to see. 
there's part of me recently, and Slashed has been like a really cool way to sort of reignite that fire because there's been part of me that's like, you know, uh, maybe what if what if it doesn't all come together? Not the musical. I mean, like the the dream of getting to do the things that I've always right. wanted to do. What if it doesn't come together? Mm-hmm. And and you know, are you a better producer than you are performer, or is that just the easier part, or right. what? Like I don't know. It's it's frustrating to not get. It's easy to get discouraged. I mm-hmm. will say, not give up and quit and pack it up and go home. Discouraged with your with your stick sure, with, sure. The with the sack on the back, but. Like a hobo heading on down? Exactly. But just to go like, okay, like I'm in this phase. I feel like I've been in this phase for a while. When am I going to get into the next phase? Mm. Am I ever going to get into the next phase? The am I is the question. And do I, should I, should I settle? And is, is, what is settling for me mean versus settling for somebody else? You know, like. What what does it mean, Clark? What does settling mean for you? (laughs) So many things. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, for instance, so here's an example. I right. was the editor-in-chief of Amy Poehler's Smart Girls for a couple of years oh, ago. okay. Um, and this was the job that I thought was my dream job, um, getting to, you know, influence and encourage young girls and doing mm-hmm. it through Amy's brand, which I was a huge fan of. Right. And, um, and getting to be editorial, but also, you know, and... And then, and my mom was so happy when I got that job because I was working mm-hmm. for Legendary mm-hmm. and I had a real title. I was the editor in chief of something. A business card. I sure did. And um and I was making like a not a salary but like the equivalent to a salary in sure. in, a, in independent contractor terms. Sure. You could buy yourself a nice dinner when uh, you wanted exactly. to. Exactly. And um and it was easy to explain what I did. And um I quit that job uh, four or five months in because mm. it was and, and with plenty of time and, and no no bridges burned whatsoever sure. um, but I realized very quickly mm-hmm. that the, this was not my this was not right and but, I, I couldn't do it but day one you thought it was or, or going in you I, thought it was I thought this you... could be really great mm-hmm. um, but then when I got there I realized nope this is wrong and so mm-hmm. to me Settling is not working for a freaking awesome brand and a freaking awesome lady right. who's your hero, but it is it is kind of going like this is not the thing that I uprooted my life and moved across the country for. I didn't yeah. I didn't stop everything. I didn't do this to have a job that sounds cool. Yeah. You know? I know exactly what you're feeling because I thought I had escaped a job that I that I didn't want for 17 years, mm-hmm. day job that wouldn't end. Got a job at a, at a you know, screen junkies, sure. if you know me. And uh, immediately was depressed mm-hmm. because this wasn't the parachute that I, I thought it would be. Nothing against anybody there. No. I love all those boys and girls over there. Um, but I was standing at Comic-Con last year during Screen Junkie Central producing 18 shows in two and a half days and not once touching the stage. And that's, again, nothing against anyone there, but I thought this isn't why I left. Yeah. This isn't the risk I took was yeah. to be here. So I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And, I, and I applaud you for being able to change course. That's yeah. not easy. No, but I'm lucky that I'm lucky. You have the business card. Guy. I had a business card, I know, but I'm lucky that my parents, uh, you know, look, 
I am not uh, I am not blind to the fact that I come from a privileged situation sure. in that because my parents did not. My yeah. dad wanted to be I talk about my dad a lot in terms of the schmodown for sure, but like yeah. my dad wanted to be a professional football player mm-hmm. and my dad played football for Georgia for UGA okay. and he played in the CFL for a short time. Really? Was, mm-hmm, what was, team? Tor- Toronto Argonauts? I can't, I can't even remember. <laughs> I can't but he his his contract was very cut very short cuz he got injured. Sure. And um and he he trained for the Olympics, like to run for you okay. know. I think it was the year that the Olympics got canceled. I don't. Oh, for sto- 80, eighty for when the uh, USA didn't go. Yes, it was Moscow. That yeah. was it. So it was like it, the, the story is a bit fuzzy, but um, you know, my dad ultimately became a, a criminal defense attorney, and okay. you know, I mean, he he. My dad was one of the attorneys on Ray Lewis's case when he was. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, so he's he's pretty high profile. He's pretty respected for what he does, and, sure. and he's the, one of the best in his business. But you know, my dad gave up his dream. Mm-hmm. Um, he would say, I think, okay. or, or at least came to the realization, like maybe. Sure, he didn't choose to get injured, but that's right. Yeah. Yes, and similarly, my mom. My mom came from very humble, humble upbringing, and mm-hmm. you know, became an incredible saleswoman. She was a physical therapist, but then mm-hmm. got and realized, oh, there's no money in this. There wasn't at the time any money. In right, physical. right. And now yeah. there is, but there wasn't. <laughs> and so she got into equipment sales. She made a. Yeah. Shitload of money, right? Um, and was very successful. So I say all that, I tell that because I grew up with a very comfortable, sure, you know, situation. And and even coming out here, you know, there's nothing my dad wants more than for me to right. live my dream, right? And that's not the thing that a lot of people have, and right. that's not lost on me, you know. Well, yeah, you could you could still f that up, you know what I mean? Sure, you, you could come out here and and be at clubs and uh, dancing. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, tables uh, doing bad things. That's what I'm doing. The, later. Well, you can still do that, <laughs> yeah, Clark. I want to be. I want to be clear. You can still make I, that choice. I thought that's what Just, we were doing after this. Yeah, I, I thought so. I picked out the, the bar and everything. But my, you know what I mean. You're not squandering. So, I, so admitting that, uh, hey, yeah, I, 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 you know, maybe didn't want uh, as a child, maybe as others. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, you know, you could you could turn out horrible. Oh yeah, and you're not horrible. Well, I try. So, so <laughs> you're a judge of peace. Um, so that's great. But but but. but Still having that because I had I didn't have uh, I had a great great upbringing. My parents are very supportive and everything, but I, I you know I let a lot of personal doubt overtake any good jump start I had. Yeah, so it, it's been hard to yeah. learn not to get in my own way. Yeah, or unlearn getting unlearn. in my own way. Yeah, you know, and not and lack of confidence. Mm-hmm. There was a there's there was a long time where I think lack of confidence was somebody who was it? I, it might have been George C. Scott. <laughs> Jordan C's got one said. Uh, I think it was on Christian Harloff's podcast, but but somebody asked like the difference between when I started and now, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like the confidence is so clear. Like when I first started out. Mm-hmm. I felt so like, oh my god, am I doing this wrong? And don't get me wrong, I still think that about sure. a lot of things. But there, I feel so much more comfortable in my own skin, and I think that comes with age. Yeah, um, age, and tri- experience. trial and error, experience. Um, you know, it's like I, I don't have, I have some anxieties. I don't have a lot of anxiety, but it's like 
Um, I very uh, understand it and, and respect how anxiety can rack people, just yeah. just be a gripping yeah. um, uh, thing on them. Um, but it's like I always say, like, hey, but if, if you get through it and you came out through the fire and you know if you walk through that particular fire again, you're going to be okay. Like that's part of, I think, what you're talking about, mm-hmm. that age experience and growth. It's not so much confidence in terms of I'm Clark Wolf and I'm good. No, it's certainly it's, not that. It's, it is knowing, that, knowing who you are, yes. knowing, your, knowing your boundaries, knowing your goals. Yep. And being okay with that. And being okay with telling people that. Yeah. For standing up for yourself for or saying no or saying yes yeah. or whatever. Like that part is very important. Or negotiating or, mm-hmm. or I mean, and, and it's tough. And, and um, that phrase, woman in this business, is tough. Yeah. Very is. Yeah. Very much is. It is. So, it's so, a real thing. It's a real thing. It's a real thing, kids. <laughs> it's a real thing. Not fake news. I've seen it in action. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. I have, I have a lot of respect for what you're saying and where you're coming from. And I wish you all the success with Slack. Um, when did this horror thing start? Started pretty young, I think. I, I, but I was always like really scared. I was always a scaredy. Cat. You enjoyed being scared, or no? But I don't watch horror movies. Okay. I don't like being scared. Mm-hmm. I don't either. But you go to the light, right? <laughs> or you go to the darkness. I go to the light. There you go. Well, okay. Uh, so the thing is, when I was little, and something scary would be on TV or whatever, I would be drawn to it. But then I would suffer for like a year. Like I wouldn't be able right. to sleep for a year. And but there's something that kept bringing me back. And um, mm. it's funny. I was talking to um, April. Um, she does, you know, her April Dawn. She um, mm-hmm. and she, we were talking about The Wizard of Oz being like a really important movie to me. And it was. It's funny because when I when I think about The Wizard of Oz, it's kind of everything that I love about pop culture. It's big, it's glossy, it's Hollywood, it's mm-hmm. um, it's music, it's comedy, but it's also scary. The witch is scary. Those flying monkeys. The monkeys are terrifying, and there's real danger yeah. there, and there's darkness there. And yeah. those trees that yes, they read the good, that right. scared me as the a kid. Cause, exactly. So so um so I, I say that to say that you know I've always had. I've always been drawn to it, but it wasn't until I really got into high school where I was able to be less scared. You know, right. like I was able to watch a scary thing and not suffer for a year after because I couldn't really? sleep, yep. you know. Um, I, I'm still a big scaredy cat in but a you, lot but of you're, you're known for this. You're known for the, the nightmare side of your brain here. What what? That's How? It, because this is the thing, and and I hold I, me, Clark. Get me through this. Let me explain this to you. I'll tell you because because actually I've had these conversations with my dad too, where mm. where he's like, so what I love about about horror and and science fiction and mm. fantasy, but things that scare you, which is why we call collider nightmares nightmares and mm. not horror talk, is because lots of things scare different people. Different things scare sure. different people. And um, the thing I love about genre is that it's often an exploration of a cultural fear. You know, political Mm. commentary. When I say political, I mean like you know, I mean the world, I mean, you know, leadership, I mean whatever. Um, And and the bigger sense, not like one person or another. But um, political commentary in horror and science fiction has been around forever. What scares you has been you know, like from the tribes sitting around the campfire. If there's there's metaphor there in, Mm. in a lot of ways. And so I love the academic approach to why you know, why are ghosts suddenly super popular? Why is demonic possession suddenly super popular? Why are witches suddenly super popular? And you can, I believe you can trace those things to a cultural a cultural something something happening in our world that we're afraid of hmm. that art is sort of emulating right so do you have do, 
Do you have like notes on this stuff? What do you, you, what do you, no, seriously, yeah. not making even teasing or making fun like this. Is, so you, 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 you like breaking it down in that way. I do, I do. So, so a good example that I that I like to give that's more contemporary. I always say that one of my favorite horror movies, my favorite top five for sure, is Alex Aja's The Hills Have Eyes. So this is the remake of The Hills Have Eyes. It came out in two thousand seven. Yes. Um, Aaron Stanford, who's now on Twelve Monkeys, was in The Hills Have Eyes remake. Yes. Um, and uh, Alex Aja did High Tension, and he did Piranha mm-hmm. um, 3D, which I love. Uh, and so... God bless you. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, you look at something like The Hills Have Eyes, and when you're when you're academically looking at film and television, you can like read about you know Wes Craven making Last House on the Left in the '70s as a as a reaction to Vietnam, right? Mm-hmm. Or you can you can read about Romero talking about consumerism in mm-hmm. the Dead movies or whatever. Sure. But to actually see something and experience it firsthand and that outrage through the medium was something that I experienced for the first time with The Hills Have Eyes, and it was in two thousand. 2007. This is a French right. director who is making this movie about an all-American family who gets trapped in the desert because some people who are fucked with by the American government yeah. are pretty mad at them yeah. and want to make them suffer. Well, gee, what does that sound like mm-hmm. in 2007? And we have a French director. This is the time of Freedom Fries and yep. Freedom Toast. And so watching... I mean, some of this is so on the nose, by the way. Right, right. Like, at one point, the Star Spangled Banner is playing, and one of these mutants gets an American flag in his head. Like, I mean, it is like, but it was just one of those things yeah. where I was like, this is the outrage that I feel right now, and I'm seeing it on the screen. Right. So, so you know, I told my dad, I was like t- explaining my dad this this whole like, and this is this, and this is this, and he was like, you're making me really want to see this movie. And I was like, trust me, you don't want to see this movie. I've seen that one, Clark. Yeah. My ex-girlfriend at the time made me watch that oh, at she? home, and I, I didn't pick up on any of that because I was just too afraid. There, that's fair. That's fair. But I see what you're saying. But there's stuff there. and you know, So it, ign- it ignites a passion it you does. beyond just chills. Absolutely. Yeah. And some of them, some things are just scary. Yeah. You know, I mean, What's your favorite just scary thing? The Descent. Uh, oh, Neil Marshall's yeah, The Descent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my roommate was watching that one night, and he just, <laughs> he just I came home like, what's this, uh, like a hiking picture? And he described it. I was like, I'm going in my room and not coming out. <laughs> Yeah, it's. Uh, I love the descent. If you've never seen the descent, don't Google it. Don't watch right. a trailer. Just watch it. It's you're in for yeah, just a, a good yeah, time. God bless you all. <laughs> yeah, I can't do. I can't do that kind of stuff. I, I. I. don't know. I don't know why. I wish. I mean, I didn't. I didn't ride roller coasters till late in life because I just the fear of that overcame. See, but this is something that's fascinating to me. Is yeah. is an, is in our individual reactions to fear. Ooh, that, that sounds deep. That, no, it's just, it's so I like fun. It. You know, some people, some people, like for me, I'll be honest, this is that kind of show. Yeah. Um, I poured you a drink. You Come sure on. did. And I'm almost done with mine. Um, I have a lot of anger. Okay. I, I work with, I, I have a lot of anger that I'm working on, right? Sure. Um, you work working on or working with? Both. Both. <laughs> both. Okay. Um, and so, uh, so I say that because. A lot of times when you watch something on the screen where something is getting exercised, you're like, Mm -hmm. this is a safe space for me to explore this. I'm not afraid of my anger. I'm tapping into it. And I'm letting this. Are you a UFC fighter? (laughs) 
Oh my God, I wish I'd be in so much better shape if I were, but, but so that's just one example. But I think, yeah, like what you're talking about, like roller coasters, even some, even roller coasters are too much for some people, but I get into this conversation a lot because a lot of the, and another reason why I didn't want to call nightmares horror talk is because people hear horror and they go, Nope, I don't want it. I'm not interested. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. But the thing is. Movies like The Shining, The Exorcist, Rosemary's Baby, even The Conjuring, I would say, these are movies that resonate with all people. These are not exclusive to horror fans. Right. Well, why is that? Why is it that mainstream audiences can 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 they mm-hmm. can access or feel accessed by these scary things, right. but not, you know, some of the, not the hills have eyes, right? Right, right, right. And I think that that's fascinating to me. That like, is. Exploring fear in people is fascinating. What, what are some of your fears, Clark? What are your fears? Oh, I'm like super afraid of like being alone for my whole life. So, okay. Yeah. L- love, love, not love, not having love is right. a fear. I would love to have a family one day. Okay. Um, and I would love to, yeah. And, but another fear that I have uh, are ghosts. I'm like super scared of ghosts. Wow. And we went from marriage to ghosts and it's all kind of the <laughs> well, same see, and I like it. that's the thing is that, you know, one, t- I, I am, look, I'm fully aware that, uh, I'm a, I think I'm a haunted individual, not supernaturally, like the past and like sure, things sure, that have sure. happened and letting things go. Like, I believe that. I believe okay. that 100%. All right. Clarify that. So you are haunted by... Like experience. Ghosts. No. By ghosts. By, d- by, basically, by experiences. By you paranormal can, activity. By paranormal is my, activity. <laughs> that was an auto... That was an auto... Well, because I know some people are like, a uh, ghost has been following me for 15 years. No, oh, thank okay. Knockwood. I hope that never happens. <laughs> if you're listening, ghosts, I never want to yeah. meet you. Underneath this recording studio, there's a little leprechaun that's <laughs> been with me my entire life, <laughs> well, Clark. that would actually you're haunted, be interesting. You're haunted by experience. Yeah. So, so I, I fully get what you're saying here. So so let's just... If it's, if it's love... And you had a, a, a relationship go bad, a really bad, and you're haunted by that, and you can't get past it, can't work through it. What is it specifically? I mean, and maybe it's not love. I'm just throwing it no, out No, sure. I think I think one's upbringing um, depends, you know, like mm. I, I had, I think there are things in my in my family, in my uh, okay. immediate family unit that I think are, are, are st- I'm still processing and getting through. And I okay. think, um, and, and so, you know, those are things that you take with you forever. And sure. some people com- can compartmentalize them and some people can't, and some people can let it go and some people mm. can't. And, and I'm, you know, I work on a lot. Christian and I talk about this all the time about how you, we talk about it with the Schmodown, how like you watch someone like Dan Merle or you watch Mark Ellis and they're just cool as a com- cool. Cool as a cucumber cool. at all times, whereas he and I... That's not true, though. You don't think so? I've seen Mark Riley in his office the day before Shmoda. Mark Ellis. Oh, Ellis. You said, oh, Ellis, yes. Mark Ellis and Dan Murrow. Those are two I, examples I is, yes, got of people who I just... Are, they're like, cool as a cucumber. Whereas people like me, Christian, Riley... Riley, gotcha. You can see I'm on listening. our faces... I could see the like four days before with you, That's Clark. right. That's right. Yes. So I think some people like really feel every little thing, right? Whether they talk about it or not, and then some people don't. Well, I mean, look, I don't. I'm, I'm not gonna. 
Uh, I know Dan Murrow pretty well. Sure. He's quietly intense. Oh, yes. It affects him probably in a different way. Yes. It comes out as cool as a cucumber. There you go. I'm, I, I'm not affected as much as I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a dumb, dull hammer in a box of tools who <laughs> just goes in there. But, like, I've seen Rachel Cushing, my partner, mm-hmm. um, uh, have to overcome. That's been, that's been one of my favorite things about the Schmodown. I absolutely want to have, um, a, you know, a movie trivia Schmodown talk here. Oh, yeah. Um, because it's it's fascinating it, when you really break it down, and, and I think generally everyone who's going to listen to the show listen, listens mm-hmm. or watches the, the Collider video program, movie review Schmodown. So uh, I don't always, you know, I don't want to turn this into Inside Schmodown, which is <laughs> which is my new show on Facebook Live on Collider every Thursday live oh, at two yeah. p.m. And, and you're going to be on. I it can't wait. I'm day, very Clark. excited. Um, but like to see what this competition type of thing for with a lot of people, and I know you you sport. Mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen you golf, <laughs> you know, I, um, 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 and and that's that's a man and woman thing. I, a lot of in our a lot of people in our field don't don't sport ball. Sure. And so this sure. is a, this is a straight out competition uh-huh. in an arena where up until now a lot of people have just been like, cool, we can debate movies, movie fights is great, we can debate and have fun, but this is a competition. Yeah. To see what it's done and it's growing fan base, um, and to see people absolutely grow and start to find themselves in way you you included. I, I don't know you that well until this moment, but it's like uh, to see you embrace a certain side or or be mm-hmm. be in front for you. You weren't the first uh, female to compete in this, but you're mm-hmm. the first to stick around, stick through, and really make a mark, which is tough because there's a lot of times you're the only girl on the poster. Totally. Uh, which we're trying to correct and are correcting. Yeah, I know. But but. Um, that to watch you kind of embrace that kind of role mm-hmm. and embrace competition and know that four days before where I'd run into you, maybe it's, it's screen junkies and you're like, oh, I can't, uh, Friday, I think not. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Rachel's another one who is an editor in the mm-hmm. darkness, literally mm-hmm. in the darkness her whole yes. career. Yes. Who's now thrust into a spotlight because she's damn good she's at what so she's good. done. She's so what good. She's doing. So, so how has this affected you? How, have you conquered any fears or starting to face any fears with Schmodown? You know, um, it's almost like the same old, the same old stuff every time. I, I you know, there's the thing that makes me that's tough about the Schmodown is that you can't control it. You can't ah, you, back to that. There you go. Yeah, but you can't even prepare. How could right. you how could you prepare for this? You, you can't. can't. You you cannot. You could maybe for inner geekdom, you could sure. be like, I'm gonna rewatch every Star Trek movie, every Star Wars movie, right. uh, you know, um, all the Lord of the Rings, all the Harry Potter. Like you have parameters, right? Yeah. But with the Schmodown, you have you know, all of movie history could yeah. come up. Yeah. Um, that sucks. It, does. <laughs> it sucks so hard. It does. Um, and so, so, but I do. The thing is, I love it. I took look. I, I said this on uh, on this like Facebook Live Q and A, Christian. I did a few weeks ago, but I don't think I'll ever win the singles title. Um, and that's not me being humble or modest. It's just me realizing, look, I'm ten years older than everybody else competing in this thing. They've mm. got they've got extra time. Ten years younger, you mean? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I would be the I would yeah, yeah. be I was aging like, I was like, wait a minute. so well. RB three is nothing. Yeah, okay. No, yeah. yeah, you're older than no, him. No, no, I yeah. yes, but uh, but in terms of like the main competitors, hmm. I'm I am younger than them, and sure. they grew up in a different time, and they've certainly watched more movies than me. Um, and so, realistically, I just don't think it's a possibility. I will say with our title shot, you know, I took that one super hard because I did. Mm-hmm. I I do want to win. I'm competitive enough to where sure. at that point I wanted to win. Yeah. Um, but uh, it doesn't get any easier. It does yeah, yeah. not get any easier. And 
And, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you look, you either know it or you don't. And there have been times where I'll watch certain movies, you know, because I think, oh, what if this comes up? And it never does. Yeah. You know, so so yeah. it's just that part is really hard, not being able to prepare. It feels like you're taking a test and you can't study. You can't study. And that's not and, and fair. For your personality, that's tough. I mean, that's so funny to hear it full circle early on. You say, ah, I like to be in control. You have no control. Nope. Here. Your entrance is the only thing you can control. That's right. And you're just out there. You're out there, sort of, you know, I'm so glad that now the way they do it with round one, mm-hmm. where everybody answers the same questions. Yeah, Because, yeah. like, when I went up against Dan Merle, and granted, Dan would have probably beat me either way. He's a machine. He's very good, right? But, you know, if I had picked those questions differently in round one, if I had picked the other right. set, right. I would have probably gone seven for seven or whatever yeah. it was. I would have started out so strong that it could have turned the tide of the whole game. And that's mm-hmm. not what happened. And so I'm so glad that the playing field feels at least a little more even yeah. now that we're answering the same things. And it's like, okay, you either know it or you don't, but they either know it they or they don't. Either. And that, that's like, okay. How does it feel to be a little bit of an inspiration to some people, though? I love that because I, you know, I really, it's important to me. Representation is super important to me. And, and, and while admittedly, like, I'm a white girl from the suburbs, mm-hmm. I think it's really important to see girls out there talking about these things. Yeah. Um, showing that they know just as much. Like, it makes me crazy when I see on the Facebook page people being like, but what about a women's league? Right. And I'm like, I will murder yeah, you. I agree. Um, because, and also because, you know, like, look, I could probably take, I know I could take Christian Harloff in a um, horror category. Sure. But he could probably beat me in a romantic comedy category. Interesting. And so it's like, so what's to say that one is a, a right. woman's category and one's a man's category? It doesn't yeah. make any sense. These are brains. These are not sure. like physical. Ability. It's not. Phys- it's not physical. I mean, the only the only positive. I'm I'm very much in your side. I've said it on air several times. Um, we don't need a, a women's division. The only, the only upside would it would be like, well, we'd have to have more female competitors. Right. And, and and to be clear, like I said, I I, I work with the schedule. We we have. We're actively Absolutely. seeking, and but but it is it's that's why I say when I, I call you an inspiration, I don't mean that lightly. I was I was in. Um, uh, a, a pub in Pasadena. I think I told you a story in person. Maybe I did. I don't know. And uh, I was with Matt Key, uh, my my friend and writing partner, his wife, Brittany, and we were just hanging out, having some fun, and some people actually approached us and were like, Matt, oh, we didn't recognize you from Marvel Movie News. And, start, and they looked at me, and they're like, Shmoda! Yeah. And so, you know, his guy's girlfriend comes over, and I was like, What's, who's your favorite characters? Who's your favorite players? And the girl was like, oh, Classy Clark Wolf. Oh. Like, I love that girl. I want her to win everything. I want her to punch Finstock, all this kind of <laughs> stuff. And it was great. You could see in her face. And that's when I, I text. I was texting Christian as it was going on, how, how I believe this thing's working and why it's, you know, we sometimes get a little maligned because uh, we add a lot of flair and a lot of character and a lot of mm-hmm. performance mm-hmm. to just this simple thing called movie true sides. Well, we're creating characters uh, for sure, but it's like your persona and who you are and standing tall against a bunch of wild men. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, resonates with uh, with a group of people, uh, not just not just women. Yeah. Uh, I know you have fans across the board, but I could see on her face that it it meant more than Clark's just answering trivia questions. Right? It meant something bigger. So that makes me really happy. Yeah. And and also too, I think you know, I think that um, it's we have a look. I think, and this is just my opinion, but from my personal experience, I think women who are competing in anything have a lot more to lose. 
Yes. If you aren't good enough, if you if you don't know something that seems obvious, you mm-hmm. you you are you run the risk of looking dumb, mm-hmm. or 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 you're not you're not on the same um, you're not on the same playing field. You're not on the same level, um, right. which which I feel like a lot of people assume to begin with. Yeah. And that's hard, you know, because essentially you're proving them right. Yes. You're proving them right that, oh, it's not on the same. They, they need a women's league. They, don't, they can't right. do with the, you can't stand up against Dan Merle. You can't right. go up against these guys, against the Rokas of the world. And so I, I just, um, it make that makes me really happy. Because yeah. also, too, like, look, I'm sure you can identify with, I'm sure a lot of people can identify with this. I've been the way that I am. Forever, meaning sure. I've been a nerd forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've yeah. liked weird stuff forever, <laughs> and if you can imagine growing up in the suburbs of Atlanta in mm-hmm. the South, there were not a lot of boys who were interested, and in, like sure. they were like, "What? You're weird." And certainly not a lot of girls who were like, yep. "Me too. I love scary movies, or I love Buffy, or I love yeah. whatever." And so. You know, it's um, to to show anybody that there is somebody out out there like you. Right. Like if I had the internet when I was a kid, and I had there was a girl in the movie trivia competition yeah. that like liked all the same stuff I liked. Uh, that what would that have meant? Absolutely. We were, we were I, I, in the eighties because I am older than you, <laughs> as you've pointed out. Um, yeah, it, it, it was. Um, that's why when this when this uh, I don't want to say movement it is kind of movement but whatever the last five years is this push for you know I think because Twitter's really really broken down a lot of mm-hmm. communication walls this this push for hey we need a female character here with this all great and all positive uh, in the eighties you know I just I, it was just, boys like Star Wars yeah girls like My Little Pony totally that's what it was and the marketing and you can go look at everything yeah. I was watching old Kenner Star Wars stuff um, again I don't I don't see it as a pointing a finger and wagging a finger but it's just the way it was it was like they had the, the little boys were playing with Han and Luke and the girls playing with Leia totally it makes perfect sense and yeah. guess what more girls are probably going to like Leia than Luke but but um, I grew up with that I didn't know any girls in my school who liked this sure. stuff and I was picked on by the other boys for liking this stuff too. So that's the thing. We grew up with that. To have to, we're all like, if you're other in any way, you're already afraid mm-hmm. because you're different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, certainly, like, I remember my mom, and my mom, there's nobody who's tickled more anytime I show up on, like, TV or right. you know or whatever. But I remember I was in film school and my mom and saying like, oh yeah, I got to study for this test. And my mom being like, well, what kind of test? Like, because I was a film major. Mm-hmm. What kind of test could you possibly be studying for? And I, she said, what's an example of a question? And I said, well, um, I'm pretty sure that my teacher is gonna ask what kind of lens did Mike Nichols use in The Graduate when he was shooting the running scene. Mm-hmm. And um, and my mom just uh, and I said, and it's a telephoto lens. That's the right answer. And my mom just looked at me and she goes, I'm so glad I'm not paying for your education. <laughs> now, now that is fine. Yeah. But, but I, you know, look, we, we're put in our place for various reasons and I'm sure there are plenty of girls who liked Star Wars that couldn't didn't feel like they could couldn't, say, it. Couldn't say it. And yeah. I'm sure there are plenty of boys who picked on you who liked Star Wars yeah. and felt like they couldn't say it. Right. And that doesn't change the fact that you got picked on and it fucking sure. sucked. Right. But like, you know, it's just very interesting. And I think that's what's happening with nerd culture over mm-hmm. the last 15 years is like people who have felt othered, especially boys, right. because being, I, I'm sorry, like this is a real thing. Like sure. being masculinity is so 
specific. Right, right. And if you like a thing that makes you maybe seem like you're not super hyper-masculine, then you're weird and you're other and go over there. Right. And you get rejected by boys and girls and all these things, and it's it's pain and it's awkward yeah. and it's sad and it's scary. And so for all of a sudden, a bunch of girls to come in and be like, no, 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 I like that too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I can see how there are, there are people out there who go, get away, this is my safe space, yeah. this is the one thing that I have yeah. that, that helps me feel okay. It, yeah. I, I get that. Because as 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 a boy, <laughs> as a little boy, and I'm still a little boy, Clark. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah absolutely. There's this thing where um, uh, uh, in high school, junior high, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm that guy. I like sports too, but I, I wasn't a jock by any means or anything mm-hmm. like that. So it wasn't popular. It wasn't this. I like Star Wars. Me and my friends like Star Wars and all the kind of Robotech and all these things. And it's like, yeah, when girls, I, I wish I had girls. I always right. say now, I wish I had girls who like to play in the group. Right. But when it started happening I, in L.A., when it really started exploding, there was something where it's like, uh, now I'm in. Now I'm going to parties with all my nerd friends, uh-huh. and I'm being rejected by girls in the nerd crew again. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm back to where I was. Uh-huh. This didn't uh-huh. get me anything. Yeah, yeah. So the the you know I'm not an um actually type of person, but you that mentality there there's kind of that like I do get it. You're gorgeous and you're nerd, and you still don't want me. But I know everything, and then it just kind of spirals out of control. I, and I get it. I totally yeah. get it. But I, if it's any consolation, I mean, good God, I didn't have my first boyfriend was not until I was 17, and he was a super nerd, both academic yeah. and pop culture, and he ended up cheating on me and breaking my heart. So <laughs> I say that to say I'm serious. Where's this guy? Now? Exactly. Where is he? Exactly. But but where's I, DJ now, Clark? <laughs> but I, I bring that up because it's like, look. I didn't have my first boyfriend until I was 17, and, right. and part of me is like, yeah, you don't, I didn't fit in either. Sure. They're, the boys in, uh, growing up in Alpharetta, Georgia, in the yeah. South, weren't necessarily looking for a girl who was interested in Buffy and horror movies, <laughs> if you can imagine. Right. Right? Right, right, But right. at the same time, I don't want to paint a fake picture. Like, I was a cheerleader. I did all that stuff, too. But still, sure. I mean, like, you know, it, it was, I feel that I Often, when I am in that you know boy girl space, yeah, I, my inclination is to be like, well, of course you're talking to my friend. Of course you're interested in my hot friend. <laughs> of course you're interested in talking to her and not me. Um, you just you're just going to default position. I, I still feel that way. Yeah, still. yeah, yeah. Which is which is a shame. Um, uh, 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 I want to do want to talk about love. I want to get in love. I don't really don't dive into it, but you brought it up. I did. Bring you did me. bring it up. So once you bring it up, it's fair game here. Um, is, is is that that's a that's a big driving force? The family you want you're good with that because in, in this town, I guess you don't meet a lot of people no. that are like, yeah, no, that's something I'd want. Yeah, well, you know what? That I will say that's that, which is okay. The the I love Los Angeles, and I'm lucky that I love Los Angeles because mm-hmm. I lived in New York my first year of college. I thought I was going to be a New Yorker, and I wasn't. It okay. wasn't for me. Um, and when I moved to L.A., I have no complaints about Los Angeles whatsoever. Good. I love the city, too. I, lo- I do. I really do. And I love I love the people here. Yeah. I, I think a lot, most of them are amazing, wonderful, generous, inclusive people. Yeah. Um, but the one thing that I found is that the gentlemen in this town <laughs> are, um, you know, they can be wonderful and lovely, they, but they, they leave you wanting. Well, they, I think Los Angeles does cultivate a bit of you don't have to ever grow up. 
You don't yeah. have to commit to anything. Right. You don't have to, you know, and, 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 and I've heard just time and time again, oh, work, but work, but work. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's a, that's bullshit. Yeah. Because I have a job too. Yeah. I have a career that I, that I've been pursuing since I was five years old. Like you can't come to me with that. And so to say, yeah, I want a family. I'm not, look, I'm not saying I want the Brady Bunch. I think sure. I want one kid. We're around the corner from the house, Brady Bunch house <laughs> if you are. want to go visit it. We yeah. are. We, that's our field trip before we go yeah. dance on table. Oh, later. perfect. We exactly. got a night plan. Um, but but no, I do want like a husband and okay. I do want a kid. Yeah. And I think I'm good there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, a kid. Uh, yeah, not, exactly. Not, not many kids no, no, necessitate no. a gun back. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And I just was at the Wayne's World <laughs> screening, so yes, that's amazing. But but so so that that has been the gotcha. only thing with Los Angeles that has been a drag mm. is that I don't there's a lot of gentlemen that I don't think I mean you keep using this term. I know, I, I don't want to because I don't want to. Very classy of you, Clark. As per your character, gentlemen callers. Gentlemen callers, because there's not a lot of gentlemen but in this no, town. But no, I don't think that's true. I mean, most no, there, there's no, there's gentlemen in this town. But I, I, I've been ex- exposed to some stuff recently that I've just been disgusted with. Yeah. Um, some of the behaviors and and that I, not that I'm naive and was like, what guys just randomly <laughs> grab girls' butts uh-huh. at parties? What? Uh-huh. Um, uh, I'm not naive to that, but it's just like to see it, to see it. Just from some of the people I've been seeing it, too, mm-hmm. where I'm just like, mm-hmm. but really, because on Twitter, you're not saying that. On Twitter, you're, you're this. On Twitter, you're hashtag oh, this. don't even start yeah. with me. That's like that SNL sketch of, like, the guy who's, like, goes up to the girl in the bar and is like, oh, that guy is such a jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, can I buy you a drink? And she's like, ah, oh, you know what? I'm all set. Thank you, though. Fuck you. You're yeah. such a, you know, and it's yeah. like, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. You know, look. We culture, uh, to be completely fair, we're going through a bunch of stuff as a society right yeah. now, and it's growing pains and sure, but um, sure. but that's it. Dating out here is hard. Okay, dating out here is hard. I fully agree, but yeah, but uh, yeah, that's. But I, I like, I like. Uh, again, I, I know people are like don't want to get married, don't want kids. I'm not necessarily a, a kid person myself, mm-hmm. but it's like I like to hear that uh, you're like, no, no, this is part of what I want. You're not afraid. You don't feel like you have to choose. No. Uh, uh, it, it's not like, uh, you know, uh, I either uh, sing for Fleetwood Mac or I have a hu- husband and kids, you That's, know? You know, because I know people who are yeah. successful, mm-hmm. who are friends. I've been here nine years, and, yeah. and that's a long time. I have a lot of friends from all walks of life and all backgrounds who are incredibly successful, who have family units, traditional family units. Sure. So it's not true. Now, right, granted, right. you can't have it all at one time. I do believe that. I think something has to suffer. I think you have to focus, like, sure. you know, but... But, it, it, but if you find the right person, you're willing to focus, or you're willing to to work together yeah. to make it work. Well, I would hope so. I mean, you know, an it, understanding. Look, I'm just looking. I'm just a Diana Prince looking for Steve Trevor. <laughs> That's all. Uh, that is a reference to Wonder Woman. <laughs> I have not seen it yet, but in I get the theaters reference. now. In theaters now. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's. Um, I, yeah, I apologize on behalf of all the not gentlemen in town. No, no, no. You know, most, most it's not my job are... to apologize, but as I, I feel, I should. Look, I don't feel uh, most people are mostly lovely, and and I will mm-hmm. say over the last handful of years, as I've gotten older, the people I have encountered, the last breakup I had was probably more civilized and compassionate and sweet than most people's entire relationships. I mean, I have <laughs> nothing bad to say about this person, and that's something. Thing, you well, know? that fascinates me because 
I don't have a ton of relationships under my belt, but every one of them, I am still friends with the exes. Yeah, I have they, a lot of We friends. still communicate. Mm-hmm. They still give me a lot of credit for helping them move forward. And, and one of them was like, I'm only married because you taught me how to be in a relationship. Ooh. Uh, no, but a good way. Yeah, It's but... tough, but it's a good way. Uh, it's a good way. And so I have, I have very positive interactions with all my exes. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm fascinated when people are like, I actually had a good breakup. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it's true. Look, I would, I mean, I don't want to, I, I don't want to say that I wish we didn't have the breakup because in high Insight, maybe it's a good thing that we did, sure, but sure. but no, I mean, I, I, the thing is, the thing that I'm proud of in terms of like growing up as a as a person who dates in this town is that I don't date assholes anymore, and I'm yeah. really and it, but it but I mean that in a I don't mean that in a defiant way. I mean that I'm like no, I'm like really proud that I know how to find a good person and connect with a good person and think I deserve a good person. It all comes back to what you said earlier: a growing confidence and understanding That's of right. who you are. That's right. It all connects. That's right. It all connects to the <laughs> schmodown. Clark. <laughs> That's what it's it about. It sure does. Clark, there's so much more I'd love to talk to you about. Maybe we'll bring you back for a full episode or an episode of Life Ranked, which is uh, my other show on here because uh, you're fascinating. You've got Anytime. a lot of facets to you. I, I'm so happy to learn that you don't just talk about movies, that you're going to be in them and you have been in them and you yeah. you you have a whole other side. And a uh, pleasure to get to know you in that regard. I, I, I feel stupid for just assuming you were a newscaster in training because no. you have that skill. you got to tell people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Got to rebrand. You got to put it out there. Um, uh, you've got the, the, the Slashed uh, musical. It's still, if you're in town locally, uh, now this this comes out this coming Wednesday at the time of this recording. Uh-huh. So you still got some shows after this, yes. right? In mid-June? We sure do. And if, for all of the information, you can go to facebook.com slash slashed the musical. Um, and uh, I would suggest, even if we don't have tickets available, or even if you don't live in LA, um, give the page a like because we have a cast album available for free download Ooh. so it's completely do you, a, do you get a Clark Wolf single with that is she singing on I gotta, I gotta do it on there okay. I gotta do it on there like it's, it's a pretty okay. good and um and uh, we you know who, we we really want to grow this show so mm. um we'd love it if you're interested and you like the music uh give us you know keep in touch with us because it might go somewhere Love it. I love it. Clark, you have a, a Twitter page as well. Where can they follow you? I do. You can find me on pretty much all of the internet, all of the social medias, at Clark Wolf. Clark with an E, Wolf with an E. That's right. I think I had to learn that at one point. It's, people do I probably sent you an email with no E on the Clark. Well, I apologize you, you for that, You know what, too. though? No E Clark gets emails all the time, and every now and again, if he thinks they're important, he sends them to me. Really? Yes. He probably, he, probably, uh, he probably was booked on TV fights yeah, at one point. I feel point. very bad for no E Clark Wolf. <laughs> no, no no E. Clark Wolf. Oh, Clark. No E. Clark. That's a great thing. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you in here on the Knapsack Files. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come by. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. The Knapsack Files rolls on. We, of course, can be found on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review if you're on there. We're on Automatic and Stitcher as well. Like the Facebook page. Like my official Facebook page. Don't forget to catch me on Collider every Thursday, 2 p.m. live with Inside Schmodown. And catch the movie trivia Schmodown where uh, Clark's got a great match. Uh, at some point, it said you're going to take on Baby Carrots Mark Alice. Ooh, I'm nervous. Uh, I, I have faith in you. I think it's going to be close. Mark's good, though. He's Mark very, is he's he, cool under pressure. He sure is. Absolutely. And uh, don't forget, to the Patreon page is up for the Napsack Files. If you'd like to support, we're over there. You can get a special uh, show every month and a show uh, called Five Extra Minutes if you're at Tier 3 or above. And Clark will be on there as well. So that is it for all the gentlemen in Los Angeles and all the whore-loving kids in the world. You are not othered. You have Clark and I as your friends. We'll see you next time on the Napsack Files. Thank you.